Greetings and welcome to Pop's Collection. This is Ron Tweedy. We are going to be doing something a little bit different this week in the anticipation of the release of the Snyder Cut on HBO Max for Justice League. We decided that in order to get a proper context as to compare it to that we would like to uh, take a, a second look at the original review that we did for Justice League. So uh, the following audio is uh, a repost from uh, last year when we talked about Justice League. And uh, we'll see you next week with our actual review of the Snyder Cut itself. So enjoy. Greetings and welcome to Pops Collection, where we dissect and reflect on a movie or TV show from my Pops Collection. I'm Ron Tweedy, and joining me is Pops, and today we'll be discussing Justice League. Welcome. How are you doing, son? Yeah, doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'd like to uh, start off with a little breaking rumor. Okay. I'd say I'd say breaking news, but I've from what I've heard, it's just a rumor uh-huh. that Henry Cavell... Uh-huh has been rumored to be playing uh, Wolverine in the upcoming Captain Marvel 2. Really? Yes, I don't know if you've heard that. Nope. Well, it's not news, it's rumor. Yeah. Rumor has it, your mother got it on her phone yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I'm the comic book guy, and she gets all of the comic book news. I don't know what it is, you know, but... yeah. She doesn't even read comic books, you know, or no. she doesn't know much about it. But she says, hey, Henry Cavell is, uh, say he's going to be Wolverine. I said, well, <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you look at him, he does kind of look a little bit like Hugh Jackman. Well, so I think the only big thing for me, and this is this is also a little bit of a hang up I have with Hugh Jackman, is that Wolverine is a hero that is a very short guy and none of these guys are short that is true and for hugh jackman in particular it's kind of weird because as you go back in time with the x-men movies like as they go forward like they actually go back like they have prequels and whatnot he is more muscular and like huger in the previous movies that are supposed to take place before and it's uh it's kind of like weird. There's a little bit of a disparity there that I see when it's with those things. But anyway, it, it's it that is interesting. Justice League. Yeah. This movie, I think, could have been a lot better uh-huh. had it come out in 2019. 2019, okay. Instead of when it came out. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the release date was in November, right? Yeah, November 17, 2017 was the U.S. release. Oh, okay, good. For me, as I watched it, I was thinking, well, Wonder Woman was in Batman v Superman, so mm-hmm. we had that. But then we, after that, we got her origin story. Right. And I think that Justice League was to come out so to be as an Avengers-type competitor, I think. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, Avengers, we saw Iron Man, Hulk. Thor, Captain America, we got to see each individual character's story before we got an Avengers movie. That's right. Justice League, what they have, I mean, to this date, there has not been a cyborg movie. Right. Or a Flash movie. Right. Or a Batman movie. 
or a Batman movie. Although I understand that there is a reboot of Batman coming up. That's correct. And also Flash is scheduled for 2021. Right. But I believe that uh, this movie would have done a lot better if those origin stories were told beforehand. And they would have taken the time to do that because, mm-hmm. yeah. as you know, right. with the others' stories, much better. Yeah. That we knew that all that beforehand. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to look at the, the parallels, it would be like if the first movie in the DCEU would have been a cyborg movie, right? Like a BT character and they would have done his origin, made it really interesting. And then they, they got around to the A-list characters. Uh, just before the big crossover movie. That, right, right. But then again, you, you know, you don't want DC trying to be just a, oh yeah, and also ran against Marvel. They want to do their own thing, which I understand. And there there definitely is a lot more uh, prestige surrounding the uh, movie careers of these characters. Not necessarily the actors, but the characters that they've been, uh, they've been on the movie screen for decades at this point. So uh, there's definitely a lot more, like, Going back to what we said last week, there's some there's some baggage, uh, not in a negative way. It's just a you know, it's just the nature of the beast. That's true. And um, technically, this Justice League mm-hmm. is really more like the reboot. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you some origin background on uh, the Justice League itself. Please do. It originally uh, was known as the Justice Society oh. of America. Okay. It premiered in All Star Comics number three. And that was in the winter of 1940 and 41. Wow, okay. So, long, long time ago. And it lasted, it was very popular. It was actually the first superhero team comic book ever. Right. Anyone. And actually lasted through issue number 57 before people, I, I don't know if they got tired of it or there were just other things going on at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the original members were Dr. Fate, Our Man, the Spectre, the Sandman, and uh, there were more than one Sandman. This uh, was Sandman Wesley Dodds. Uh And it was the first Adam, which was Al Pratt, and the Flash, Jay Garrick Flash, not Barry Allen. Oh, wow. And uh, the Green Lantern was Alan Scott. Okay. And Hawkman. Okay. Carter Hall. That was the original Justice Society of America. Now, there was a homage to that in Smallville. They kind of re-brought that back. And uh, also in Legends of Tomorrow, they also did a couple of episodes with them. Okay. Only in, in that, that was kind of also the second one where they had Vixen and a couple other char- characters also. Hmm. It was conceived by the editor of that, uh, Sheldon Meyer, who became the editor-in-chief for DC. Yeah. And also, writer was Garden, Gardner Fox, who died in 1986, oh. 75 years old, December 24th, no okay. less. Wow. Historians uh, say that Gardner wrote over 4,000 comic book stories. <laughs> wow. 15,000 of them for DC. And he was also a sci-fi author. He wrote many novels and short stories. And two of his main characters were, now listen to this, Kothar, the barbarian uh-huh. swordsman. Does that remind you of anybody? Uh-huh. It does. Yeah. 
and Kyrick Warlock Warrior, a Kyrick Warlock Warrior. One of his novels, Kothar and Conjurer's Curse, Marvel took that and adapted it into a six-part Conan ah, Barbarian. Okay. Actually, in uh, 1975. Wow. He also wrote stories for Batman, Flash, Hawkman, Sandman. Uh, he was also a creator or co-creator for Satana, Doctor Fate, JSA. And then later what we came to find was the JLA. Yeah. And he was also the guy that uh, developed the concept for the multiverse. Ah, okay. Remember, we've talked about the multiverse before. Oh, yeah. He was actually the guy that came up with the concept for it. In a story he wrote for a Flash called The Flash of Two Worlds. Mm, okay. And he was also the guy that create came up with the create the Batarang uh-huh. And and the bat gyro, which later became the bat copter. But right. in those days, they called it a gyro. Huh. And uh, in the reboot, from the JSA to the Justice League, he did that in 1960. Right. And uh, if you recall the story of Stan Lee talking about his editor met with Sheldon Meyer. Yeah. And Sheldon Meyer told him about what they were doing, and that's... When he came up with the Fantastic Four. Right, right. Interesting enough, when Stan Lee came up with that, uh-huh. that was the comic that actually pushed Marvel into the big time. Huh. Before that, they were basically a struggling comic company. Yeah. and But when he, the success of the Fantastic Four was what popped them into the big time. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's tons of history there, and there's lots of uh, folks that have covered that. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. The superhero genre, like you said, kind of fell out of the favor after uh, Second World War. And so a lot of those other comics uh, moved to, like, romance comics or other ones that aren't superhero-based. And like you said, it wasn't until the resurgence of the Silver Age when the, the superheroes came back in fashion. Right, right. Oh, and I meant to tell you, too, he also worked for E-Comics. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Right, right. You know, and other stories such as that. So mm-hmm. this guy was definitely a brilliant guy. Yeah. Come on. They could have just done so much better with this story. Yeah, I, I think we should put the caveat out there that at the time of this recording, there has been uh, a rumored, uh, what they call Snyder Cut of the film, which the studio heads for this film mandated that this movie come in under two hours. But apparently, Zack Snyder had a, a different vision of what the film was supposed to be that was like over two hours and 40 minutes. And uh, Right. There, and I think it would have been a lot better if it was. Possibly. Uh, it depends. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would like to see it just to see exactly what, what the fuss is about. Right. There's a uh, hashtag, hashtag release the Snyder cut of the film. And apparently even the actors like Gal Gadot and Henry Cavill are saying that they, they should release that. So it, it would be interesting to see if they ever were to, to do it, or at least if someone were to accidentally leak a copy on the internet it would be interesting to see what the the difference would be well yes because the actor uh the main villain actor in this movie yes complained when that they had the first showing of it Uh that a lot of his origin backstory was deleted i think that 
this movie definitely once we get to him and talk to about him for a few minutes yeah that uh, we'll see that uh, it there should have been a little bit more that we know about that right but we didn't so let's get started and and try to get this thing moving along and okay uh, we want to apologize to any fans who have seen this movie and uh, agree with us we'll try to get you through it as quickly as we can yeah, uh, there there are some interesting things happening in this movie, and we'll we'll spend more time on that than the actual story itself, probably. But yeah, like you said, yes. And just to remind everybody, kind of where we're leading up to is uh, this this the events of this movie take place right after Batman v Superman. So uh, it, we, it is recommended listening for you to check out what we did on that one, and uh, we'll take it from there. All right, so the movie opens up. We get a impromptu interview for a podcast, not our podcast, but some other uh, kids' podcast to interview uh, Superman himself. So let's listen to uh, their interview, and uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. Superman, can we ask you some questions? It's for our podcast. Well, in that case, how many people that you say have you saved? Wait, I. Does your thing really stand for hope? Yes, it does. But it looks like an S. Yes, it's meant to. It's, it's meant to wind like a river. It comes and goes. My... A man I knew used to say that hope is like your car keys. Easy to lose, but if you dig around, it's usually close by. Did you ever fight a hippo? No, that's not hippos have a Oh, what is, uh, what's the best thing about planet Earth? And then it cuts out there, so that that kind of sets up the movie with uh, the inter- interview with Superman for our podcast. Yes, and I do uh, want to say that Henry Cavell does do a good Superman. Agreed. He gives you that kind of Boy Scout hometown mom's apple pie, right? You know, version. He does a great job. Agreed. But once that's kind of goes fades out, next thing we get a newspaper, right? Yeah, yeah, we see that it's a rooftop and there's some pigeons, you know, uh, scratching around it and the headline Superman is dead is uh, is there. So obviously, like I said, we're picking up right after Batman v Superman. Superman's dead and things are, are not going well. No, they're not. And so it's kind of like the same issue with Suicide Squad. Superman's not here anymore. Right. Hope is gone. You know, now what? Right. And uh, so then we get dark and dingy yeah and we go right into what i'm gonna say is gotham city oh it definitely is gotham yeah you know i don't know gotham is always portrayed that way i don't think i've ever seen a movie or an episode with gotham where it's been bright and sunny you know um yeah some of the episodes of gotham it's bright and sunny but not many yeah it's very few it's only bright and sunny because it's daytime right (laughs) You know, yeah, we actually, yeah, we'll when we get to the Batman's in the '90s, we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, I I I got a lot to say about that uh, when we get to it. It's fascinating, but yeah. Uh, so there's a some sort of a goon, or robber, criminal, or whatever. He's on the rooftop trying to get away from Batman. Batman suspends him over the roof, about to fall, and apparently. Uh, this is uh, intentional because there are these alien bug type creatures 
Uh, we don't know what they're called yet. We do get an answer later on. But anyway, they're attracted to fear. And so Batman uh, lures them out with this uh, thug. He pulls them back onto the roof and he kills the uh, the alien bug creature in order to uh, to, to cap- capture him, get more information about him. Yeah, yeah, he tries to. He has like his bat net thing. Right, right. And uh, it's not really all that successful. Right. You know, it's like uh, bug goo. Right. There's like these three boxes that like heat up and imprint yes on the wall right right? yeah as that's happening uh batman is talking to alfred right which i kind of like the alfred in this he's like more involved Mm -hmm. yeah in uh you know batman's thing but we already discussed that in batman v superman about him being an older batman yes yes they discuss that they've seen these boxes at another location another place right another clue Right, as another clue. So we flip from there, and then we uh, go back to Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we get this montage over some uh, music, um, just people trying to move on from the death of Superman. You know, there's lots lots of brokenness that we see. We see Lois Lane. We see Martha Kent. And, you know, they're still, you know, trying to to get over they're still in mourning over losing uh clark slash superman and uh you know we see crime not being stopped we see uh people on the streets with no hope and so it kind of sets the tone uh going forward of what the world is now without superman right and i think we see martha and a u-haul in her truck and leaving her house her house is bought by the bank or something that's correct or owned by the bank, so she lost the house. Right. Yeah, things are not looking real good. There's prejudice against aliens, mm-hmm. and not outer space aliens, just regular aliens. So we yeah. see a lot of that going on. And like you said, things are not looking good. All hope is gone, as far as we know. Right. And yeah. Uh, then... Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at now? I wasn't sure what what country we were in. So if I had to guess, uh, given uh, the previous movie that we saw and some of the uh, architecture that we see, we're actually in, back in France where Wonder okay. Woman is. And so, uh, like you said, we got a car rolling up and we got uh, some thugs coming out. This guy with a briefcase walks out and they're shooting bad guys. Or the bad guys are shooting innocent people. And right, uh, they're walking into a building. They're killing the uh, like looks like security guards. Right, right, right. Yep. And then they take hostages and everything. And uh, this is actually the place where Wonder Woman steps in. So she stops the uh, bad guys with uh, her uh, bracelets and her lasso and doing lots of cool stuff with. Um, and that that's one thing that I do think takes me out just a little bit. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like some of the fight scenes, it clearly is CG. Like the way that Wonder Woman moves when she's fighting, it looks, oh, yes. it does not look like a, a person doing it. Um, and, and that was very, it was similar to some of the other fight scenes with Ares and uh, Ludendorff in the first movie as well. But for the I most think part, they were it's fine. done a little bit better in the first movie. Agreed. Agreed. I guess there's less of it. Well, I think that 
they probably had a better version, but like you said, yeah, maybe due to the cuts, yeah, there was an issue. Yep. I would buy that if they had that the Snyder version. I would buy it. Yeah, I have the Donner version of the old Superman. Oh, Superman two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and it is definitely better. Yeah, no it, question. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I will play that for you too when we get an opportunity. If you want to yeah. see the difference, yeah, we could play them both, and then you could see what the difference was. Yeah, yeah I'd have to definitely watch the second one again back to back, just because I don't have, a, I don't remember hardly anything of it. But anyway, well, well you know, you're a young kid then, so very young. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, from there we go to a mountain uh, top where we see uh, an Iceland. And we have a man riding a horse. He gets off the horse and it's revealed a, a bearded Bruce Wayne looking for somebody. And so he talks. Right, he's looking over a, a cliff and yeah. he sees like a, a fishing village. Correct. Yeah. And so he talks to the village uh, leaders and all the, the people are there as well. And it turns out he's looking for another enhanced metahuman that visits this place in Iceland. His name is uh, Arthur Curry, right? Yes. And it would, again, it would have been better if we would have had that origin before this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But no. Well, let, let yeah, let's, let's talk about uh, Aquaman a little bit before. We, actually, let's, let's listen to the conversation that he has with Bruce. After Bruce figures out who he is, he asks him to join him. And uh, he gives him not the uh, the answer that he's looking for. So let me get this straight. You do a dress like a bat, like, a, like an actual bat. It's worked for 20 years in Gotham. When the fight comes, we'll need you. Don't count on a Batman. Why not? Because I don't like you coming here, digging into my business, getting into my life. People from Atlantis tell me to do this. Now you say do that. I want to be left alone. That way you help these people out here in the middle of nowhere, because you can just leave. I help him because no one else does. You want to protect them, you need to work with me. Strong man as strong as alone. You ever heard that? That's not a saying. That's the opposite of what the saying is. Yeah. This doesn't mean I'm wrong. You ever hear of Superman? He died fighting next to me. My point exactly. What's in the three boxes? It's ancient history. With mankind's melting the polar ice caps. Destroying the ecosystem. They got it coming. Hey, I don't mind if the ocean dries. How about if they boil? Dress like a bat. You're out of your mind, Bruce Wayne. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. And see, that was a nice clip. I like that clip. Yeah. That And that definitely had something to do with the movie. So yeah, let's let's talk about new character Aquaman. He's he's got a ton of history with the DC. He's been around since uh, November of 1941. He appeared in More Fun Comics number 73, and as his name implies, he is a man that can uh, traverse the sea. I, I it's hard to uh, not think of the comparison with Namor the Submariner. But he is Atlantean, just like Namor is, and so he's got powers where he can communicate with uh, sea life, and obviously he has uh, enhanced strength, and he's got a pretty 
in this iteration, he's got pretty cool tattoos and, and a trident and everything. Oh, yes. He actually, the actor that portrays him, does a really good job of doing that. I will say Namor, though, you know, he had wings on his feet. These right. These little tiny wings that he could fly with them. Yeah. Go yeah. figure. Yeah, it's kind of wacky. But so the thing that really, it, so Aquaman... Again, like Wonder Woman, this is kind of like one of the first mainstream movie appearances of him. And so he doesn't have a lot of baggage. But Aquaman in particular has a reputation, at least from uh, pop culture, of being like a useless superhero. I know he looks really uh, hokey in Super Friends, which is the first time I've ever seen him, which was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon the, uh, it basically was Justice League, except they called it Super Friends. His his superpower being he could talk to fish was kind of like a lame thing. And so since the 90s, they've been trying to reboot Aquaman into like this edgy hero. And so I think that, you know, they really lean hard into it in this movie. That's for sure. Oh, yes. And they could have done that a lot earlier. But they, like you said, he was a lesser hero. And basically... That was, uh, you know, the joke was, oh, look, it's Aquaman. Hey, what's your superpower? Oh, you can talk to fish? Yeah. How's that? That's good. Yeah, that really helpful. Yeah. Uh, there was always that joke, oh, look, there's somebody coming from outer space. Well, let me talk to the fish and see what they think. Right. You know, and he was more than that, but he was the king of Atlantis. They... Just chose to do stories that were not as exciting as some of the others. I would, I would, ha- I'd be hard pressed to class him as a C, you know, character. I mean, yeah, you know, definitely a rough character. Yeah, it, it, you know, they put him through a bunch of different looks too. Like I know in the '90s, they actually gave him a hook for a hand. They gave him a long hair, and oh yes, yeah, and so. a long beard you know blonde beard and blonde mustache right yeah that was actually i think if i'm not mistaken in the justice league unlimited series Uh uh-huh i think that he was uh portrayed that way right but definitely oh yeah and no shirt in those yeah whereas in the old days he had this green like scale shirt yeah it was orange and they had green orange shirt green pants yes yeah Definitely. Great color scheme. Yeah, indeed. So, so yeah, that, that, that meeting doesn't go as well as uh, Bruce hopes it to be. So he goes back with Alfred, and basically uh, they have to think, okay, well, shuck out with Aquaman. Now we got to go to the next people that we need to, to reach. Right, and he's they're on a plane, and he shaves off his beard. Right. And he's talking about Diana. Yeah. Alfred's trying to get him to, you know— Hook up with Diana. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and it's not happening. No, you know? no, definitely not. But that's what he's trying. Right. Yep, so then we go all the way from Iceland to a place called Central City, which I'm not sure geographically where in the U.S. that's supposed to be located. It's Central. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Um <laughs> All right. Sorry. No, it's okay. I, I'm just trying to think. Well, Central could mean anything from Texas to like Montana. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. But um, it, it, I'm it, thinking Central East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're probably right about that. Was Central where Suicide Squad took place? Uh, oh my gosh, I'll have to uh, refry it, my brain. It, it's been it's been two weeks, and we have forgot completely where that took place. Yes, yes, oh. we yes. Oh my goodness! But I think you might be right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so anyway, we get introduced to a brand new character. Uh, well, it's sort of uh, on first on screen appearance. We we saw clips and pictures uh, with uh, Batman v Superman about this metahuman, but this one we got uh, introduced to uh, Barry Allen, and like I said, he's in Central City. And one unique thing about him is that he is uh, visiting his father in prison. Uh, it was explained by Alfred that his father was in prison. being He was convicted for murdering his wife. And Barry is insistent that he's innocent. And so, you know, he has this constant drive to prove his dad's uh, innocence. We get to kind of see a little bit in this next clip here about his, his uh, interaction with his dad. You're going in circles. You're working three dead-end jobs, going on four. Where do you even have the time? I make the time. And this is all to pay for a criminal justice degree, huh? Okay, I really don't want to talk about this again. The investigation was botched. Give me your hand. I want you to listen to me, Barry, because I mean this. I want you to give all that up. And I want you to stop coming to see me. I am a drag on your life. Please don't ever say that to me again. Please. You can be whatever you want to be. You're brilliant, man. Absolute best of the best. I can't sit here and watch you run in place in Central City for some old dude who's not going anywhere. Dad, that's not it's true. Time. That's not true. Let's go, Alan. Alan! I want you to make your own future. Let me pass. Make your own future. Open gate! Yeah, so it's a tough moment there. Yes, uh, that is a... Uh, that's a continually used storyline. It was also used on the TV series. Right. Right. And actually, the gentleman that played the father on the Flash TV series played the Flash in the earlier TV series when it first originally came out. Ah, that's cool. Yes, yes. And uh, later, in because the Flash TV series explores the multiverse or multiverse, uh, quite a few different Earths in the multiverse. Yeah. On one of the other Earths, I think it's Earth 23 or something, he also plays Jay Garrick, which was the original Flash in the Justice Society of America. Ah, okay. And I do want to tell you that your mother and I just got finished watching the final season of Arrow. Uh-huh. And they always have a crossover episode between Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow. Uh-huh. And in this particular one, it was the crossover episode in Arrow. Mm -hmm. And there was a point where Barry Allen, the Flash, was taking them to the this anti-world to whatever, it for the villain guy. 
and they all got separated. And so Oliver Queen told him that he had to visit all these places to get each individual person to get them all together to get them there. And there is actually a part where he's talking to Ezra Miller as the Flash, they're oh. looking at each other. Wow! On the TV show, and it was like, I know that guy. That's the guy from the Flash in the movie. And <laughs> your mom was like, Well, why didn't they use the guy from the TV series? I said, I don't know. Money, but they didn't. You know, they should have. Yeah. But as it was, he was on that episode too. As I said, huh. great, good. That's cool. But it is a continuing thing. The father. Uh, according to the story on the TV, the mother was killed by the reverse flash. Ah. But it was blamed on the father because he was like leaning over her body and he had uh, taken the knife out of her. Right. And so his fingerprints were on there, blah, blah, blah. Right. So continuing story, dad goes back to prison and there's Barry kind of hanging. Right. From that point, uh, we go somewhere else. Right, we're back to Metropolis at this point, I believe. Are we at Star Labs, aren't we? Yeah, right, that's in Metropolis, right? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, it could be, but in uh, the TV series, Star Labs is uh, where the Flash is, Central oh, City. okay, all right, well, that's fine. Uh, uh, Doesn't matter. It, that's where we're going to Star Labs. Yeah, anyway, yeah, Star Labs, we see the scientist... Is his name? I think it's Howard Stone, right? I uh, believe so, yes. Yeah. Anyway, he, he works late normally, but uh, he's leaving a little bit earlier than normal. He goes back to his uh, his apartment, and it turns out that uh, he, his backstory is that he, he lost his... Um, Wife yeah, and, and te- son. And teenage son in a tragic accident. We get this uh, backstory from Alfred when uh, Bruce was talking with him. Turns out that his son is actually alive, and basically um, Howard used his technology to revive him. And so um, he's still trying to get used to that, and so um, there's a little bit of uh, bitterness there. And uh, we have this uh, conversation between Victor and his father. Victor, Victor, you're not stuck up here. You can have a life. You can have more than... If you stay up here brooding... I'm processing. I can access everything. But I can't put it all together. Not yet. But if you worked with me, if we had the change engine... So you can do to someone else what you did to me. No. The box stays hidden. If you could see what we're learning from the Kryptonian ship, I think the change engine can integrate with its energy, get it powered up. Does anybody know? What? At the lab. Does anybody know I'm alive? I, I, I didn't think you were ready for them to. For what? For them to see the monster. You are not a monster. It's weird that you thought I meant me. What I did? I lost your mother in that accident. I wasn't about to... I couldn't bear to lose my son. But you did. I got a language in my head that I don't speak. It's not just digital. It's alien. Every day I wake up different. Modified. 
out of here. Couldn't do that last night. Ever since we got visitors from Krypton, people have been waiting for the next alien invasion. Now I gotta wonder if I'm in. Yeah, so what made me think that it was Metropolis is because the Kryptonian ship. But I guess it could have easily been transported to Central City as well. Uh, that's not really explained in, in this film. Right, and well, again, when we saw Batman v Superman, yeah, I think it was in Metropolis. Right. Yes. So I mean, you're right. We could. It could. Could it be? It could be in Metropolis or in this particular story. We don't know. Right. And it's probably not all that important. Yeah. That storyline follows the cyborg origin story pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I will say that as a character, cyborg is probably the most recent character that we get in this film. He was. He premiered in DC Comics Presents number 26, which was October of 1980. So uh, just celebrating almost uh, 40 years at this point of this character. But he originally, I think, was a member of the Teen Titans and didn't become... That's correct. Yeah, so yes. that, that was his main role there. But yeah, very like you said, same uh, type of origin story. Right. The story it changes all the time. It depends. Uh, if you get to Teen Titans Go, he's always been... A teenager with the Teen Titans. Right, right. There are young and young Justice. I believe he was already a member of the JLA. Right, and uh, they, in some versions, he's sent down to watch over the Teen Titans as they're becoming young superheroes. You know, their own little team. So, right, they've had a couple of different issues with that, but he's pretty upset with his father. Right. And uh, when he said, I couldn't do that yesterday uh, for our listeners that haven't seen the movie. Yeah. He's flying and he's never been able to do that before. So. Right. And actually, I love the version of him that they have. He's like not really fully created yet. Uh huh. And we don't get to see the full creation till the end of the movie. Yeah. I think they did a good job with that uh, particular part of it. Agreed. So. He's in the apartment, and then there's a flash back to the lab. Right. And uh, we should have mentioned before that when the professor, his father, left, he had said hi to uh, a janitor, and the janitor told him that he was meant to say he was sorry about the loss of his son. Right, right. And so we get that same janitor, and he's going into the lab, and we hear some kind of noises going on. Right. And uh, something happens, right? I think the sounds are a similar sound to what we heard earlier. Yeah. Yeah, When Batman was on the roof. Right. Yeah. And so we're led to believe that same creatures are there. Yep. That's right. Okay. And so from that point, though, we go, we take a long trip. Right. And we're heading to our favorite place. Yeah. The Mascara, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this part of the movie where it seems to me like this was a wasted opportunity, right? This this part could have easily been a post-credit sequence from Wonder Woman, and this would have perfectly set it up. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So, but they did tend to push this on. You know, they did make it last uh 
longer than a post-credit thing would last. Yeah. But if they just had the box shaking, right, right, and ended it there, or had ended it with it cracking open, that would have been perfect. Right. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yep. So, like you said, we have this box that's inside this temple. It's shaking. All the Amazons are there. They know something big is about to happen. Hippolyta is there. And then all of a sudden, a gate opens up and a bunch of aliens infiltrate and Steppenwolf steps out. So Steppenwolf is the main baddie of this particular movie. We're going to get a little bit more of a backstory on him explained by Diana. And I got a clip for that a little bit later. So I won't go into too much detail about that. Okay, good. And I'll wait to tell you the real truth. Good, good. Uh, Suffice to say, he wants to get the box. They play a game of hot potato with the box, try to get it away from him. And uh, ultimately, they are not successful. And so uh, at that point, they have to uh, signal Diana that he has the box and uh, light a, a warning fire in the Amazon temple in Greece. So Diana sees that. She knows it is happening And she realizes that, hey, the battle is coming. I need to actually connect again with Bruce because we have a big threat. We need to get together. Right, because actually, yes, she when she sees that fire, he's already he's got the box. I meant to tell you the thing that they come in and out of it looks like a a tornado. It almost reminded me of the original Star Trek when they transported uh-huh. It kind of like was a circle around him. Oh, and, yeah. Well, yeah. the toy was anyways. Right, right. It was similar to that. But yeah, uh, yeah so she Diana now sees it because uh, she says we have to set the warning fire. And one of her generals says, well, they haven't been lit in over 3,000 years. And we won't know, uh, man won't know about it. And she's like, well, one person will. Yeah, right. And so that's when we find out that Diana is going to have to tag up with uh, our buddy Bruce. Right. But we get a little break in between that. We do, yeah. We we actually, uh, the news is covering that story. And it turns out there's also the janitor's wife who's been kidnapped. Uh, she starts uh, assuming that it's aliens that took him. And so she gets really upset about that. And uh, Lois Lane is watching that happening. And she's actually in the office of the Daily Planet. And she is getting some coffee and having coffee with um, a familiar friend. I found a little place by the diner. Suits me just fine. I wish you'd said something. Oh, no. I got behind in the payments. And you know the banks jump like a cougar if you miss by a dime. Place was too big for me anyway. Shuffling around like an old ghost. Well, I might have been able to to talk to someone. You had enough to deal with. Don't need to add mother-in-law to the list. Not that I was ever. Hey, Lane, who was your source, um, the activist in that university? What? It's my source. I got tapped for the kidnapping story. There were all those student protests. Anyways, I'm thinking it's political, so who's your guy? Well, I'll see if she'll take your call. <laughs> so it's a she. Ooh. It's not a she. Sounds like you should be working that story. I'm I'm not ready yet. I'm I'm perfectly happy doing fluff pieces about kitten grooming for a while. It was uh hard coming back here at all. 
Well, I can hardly read the news anyway. So much bitterness. Of course, I think it's all because he's gone. But I suppose a mother does. But it's not like there's any less that needs reporting. And Clark promised me you were going to bring home another Pulitzer. Oh, did he? Oh, yes, he did. He said that you were the thirstiest young woman he ever met. <laughs> Hungriest. Um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he said you could smell a story further away than he could hear. Well, the stories just made sense. It was more than just a puzzle. It was about the truth. It was about seeing the engine of the world when it still ran. Yeah, so I, I think it was important for me to put the that in there because it, it really distills the grieving process that's happening now. That's indicative of the world, but we see it kind of uh, concentrated in these two women that were closest to Superman. Right, yes. Uh, she was in love with him, right. and uh, he wanted to marry her. And, right. you know, she's wearing his ring or wearing Martha's ring, somebody's ring. Right. And Martha does call her her daughter-in-law. Right. Some of the best parts of this movie have to deal with their relationship, actually. Yeah. So uh, get that little clip. And then Bruce and Alfred are talking yep. about Victor. Right. And little do they know. Right. He's listening. Yes. Yeah. And so we I, get that flash, right? Yeah. And I think that that is uh, un- a later superpower that he developed. Obviously, he has some sort of uh, ability to connect to the Internet and use like hack into other surveillance systems and things like that. So that's new, I think, for, for Cyborg. Right. Well, like he said, things are changing every day. Yeah. Yeah. So and that is also something that later on we'll actually hear his uh, main phrase. Uh-huh. Like Captain America, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. He, Cyborg, has his own little thing. And we will hear that later. Yeah. So now, after that scene, Bruce is working on something. And Diana walks in on him. And she realizes, uh, or this is this is the part where she says, we need to join up and join forces together because we have uh, a threat that is bigger than all of us. And so, yeah, he's actually working on a transport. Yes, troop transport. Yeah, yeah, yep. So this is where we get the uh, origin in this movie, as far as this movie's concerned, about Steppenwolf. So let's listen to that, and then we can uh, compare and contrast. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. They called him Steppenwolf, the end of worlds. He lived only to conquer. Millions fell before his blade arose again as its parademons. Nightmare creatures who feed on fear. Yeah, I think I met one. We didn't hit it off. Here in Gotham? They're all over. They're looking for boxes. The mother boxes. Mother boxes. I guess Steppenwolf took the one your people were guarding. That leaves two more. I'm impressed. Don't be. I have no idea what's in them. A weapon? Some kind of power? They don't contain power. They are power. Carried from planet to planet, the mother boxes combine to form the unity. An apocalyptic power that not only destroys worlds, 
but transforms them into the primordial hellscape of Steppenwolf's birth world. We should have died, but we formed our own unity. Amazons, Atlanteans, all the tribes of men fought side by side. Warriors of legend. Allies from other worlds. Even the gods themselves all acted as one, laying down their lives to drive Steppenwolf away. Some say it drove him mad, the disgrace of his first retreat. He swore our alliance would crumble. The darkness would cover the earth. And that he would return when it did. Left behind, the mother boxes were too dangerous to be kept together. One was entrusted to the Amazons, one to the Atlanteans, both sealed and guarded in secure strongholds. The box of man was buried in secret so that no tribe would be tempted to use its power over another. Such harmony out of such horror. It was truly an age of heroes. Something tells me we're not getting the band back together. The Atlanteans were forced under sea, and the Amazons to an island they can never leave. Well, I wouldn't count on the tribes of men. We tend to act like the doomsday clock has a snooze button. How long until we... Days. At most. Steppenwolf's mistake last time was attacking us. He wanted to make the Earth kneel before he destroyed us. This time we'll just go after the boxes. Yep, so that is Steppenwolf's story. As we see in this movie. Correct. Yes, and I, I guess you've got some information about him? No, I, I don't. I, oh, you don't? Okay, well, we also learn about the parademons. Right, yeah, that's what the alien bug thinks, yeah. Yes, his minions, that we've got a name for him now. Yeah. But actually, those are really belong to Darkseid. Uh-huh, yep. Are, were originally Darkseid's minions, mm -hmm. I guess you would call them. Right. That's actually what your mother called them. She says, oh, minions. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah they are, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Steppenwolf came into creation. His, actually, his first appearance was in a book called New Gods, number issue number seven. Uh-huh. Uh, which was a story that they was like a uh, planet where these uh, people with exceptional powers built the planet in their image, you know, in their way. Uh -huh. So we saw in the story that she told that even the gods helped them out in this. They had Zeus and actually we had a, another appearance of Ares there fighting also. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that, that's interesting. And then they also had, was it some lantern folk as well? Yes, they had a green lantern who was uh, actually the depicted an alien green lantern, one of the alien green lanterns. Right, right. Originally in the books, he was Darkseid's uncle. Yes. And in this story, they made it look as if Darkseid was the big guy and he was doing all this to get on... Darkseid's good side. Uh-huh. Uh, he had failed Darkseid. 
And I don't know if you know this, but Steppenwolf was actually created by Jack Kirby. I think I do remember reading that, but yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That I guess that was from his DC stint. Yes. Because interesting how some of these guys go from company to company, you know? Yeah, a lot of them do. And Jack Kirby was like the biggest get because obviously uh, he created so many uh, iconic Marvel characters. And uh, at some point during his career, um, he felt like he was getting short shrifted, which it, in his defense, he absolutely was. So so at, at some point, DC seized upon that opportunity to uh, to get him. And he did a lot. He had a lot of interesting things happening over there as well. And then he came back to Marvel and did, kind of did his own thing. And so, um, yeah. We'll, 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 I'm sure at some point we can talk in depth about uh, artists and, and writers as well. Um, with yes, yes, actually. Because, I mean, wasn't Jack Kirby uh, Eastman's and Laird's uh, god, to, you know? Right, yeah. The yeah. wannabe, who, that's who they wanted to be like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has a very distinct art style, and he draws action in a way that's very evocative and uh, interesting. And uh, you can definitely see that throughout the the books that he's written. Oh, yes, definitely. So after she says this, hey, days, Bruce says he's going to go visit Barry. And he tells Diana she needs to go find Victor. Right, right. And so we, we get this interlude with actually Ezra plays Barry Allen a lot like he was played in the animated series, like a... Young, fun-loving guy and, and, you know, never took himself serious, you know, all that bad, you know, and it's like he's got his room locked up, his uh, warehouse locked up, and he opens it up, turns on his music that he likes, and uh, he sees Bruce Wayne sitting there, and he's trying to say that, oh, no, I can't do this, can't do that, and then he throws a batarang. Right, right. You know, and he like plucks it out and he's like, oh my gosh, you're the Batman. Like, you know, yeah. he's like a yeah. super fan or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. It, it really does remind me Barry as basically Peter Parker and it, the relationship between him and, and Bruce Wayne is very similar to Peter Parker and Tony Stark in the MCU. Yes. Yes. I would it, agree with that. Right. I mean, he's the one that's kind of, like you said, it's injecting some humor. And if we look at the timeline this is the same year that uh, Civil War came out, which was Spider-Man's first appearance in the MCU. So, And I, I think we should be fair, and I don't think one was copying the other, because even though Justice League came out a little bit later, it was in production just as long as uh, Civil War. I think they kind of were just parallel developments, and it just ended up happening that way. Right, and uh, again, he was true to character, uh-huh. Just as Spider-Man is true to character. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are both, along, although Flash character is a little older right. than the Spider-Man character and that's portrayed in the uh, the new MCU Spider-Man character. Right. But, again, he is this fun-loving guy, and uh, we get this little, uh, they go out to his car which right. I'm not sure what kind it is. I just know it's a fancy car. Yeah, it looks like a Mercedes SLS. Or something like that, yes. And he's like, yeah. he's like, so what's your superpower? And he says, I'm rich. Right. You know, that's his superpower. But yeah. that's kind of a little comedic thing. And then Diana 
finds Victor actually over a computer. She's trying to look for him. Right, And right. Victor contacts her. Yep. But we get just the opposite. He's not all excited to see her, and yet he's still somewhat about the same age as Barry Allen. Correct. They're very similar in age, but he's still pretty upset about what he is. Right. He does reluctantly tell her that if he sees or hears anything, that he'll let her know. But he's not really willing to be a part of it. Correct. So uh, we get to that. Yep. And from there, we are in on the sea. There's this huge ship. There's a storm going on, and there's a tugboat. And yeah. We get to see Aquaman there. Aquaman shows up, and the guy is yelling something. Uh-huh to him uh, about seeing creatures or something like that. You know, he figures out once he saves the guy and gets, uh, he goes and gets a drink from the bar, says, put it on his tab. And then he gets back in the water and he's swimming as fast as he can to Atlantis. Yes. And that's where, again, we see Steppenwolf. Right, right. And very similar to what happens in Themyscira, he uh, he is able to secure the box. And so now he has two of the three uh, other boxes. And the stakes have been raised again. Yes, yes. Now only need one. Right. And I find it interesting that from uh, the perspective of the, the division of the three boxes, you know, you have the Amazons, you have the Atlanteans, then you have the tribes of men. And I find it a little hard to believe that Atlanteans and Amazons don't also have separate tribes on their in their respective areas. You know, it's like, why didn't they have the same amount of infighting that the tribes of men had, apparently, enough to bury the box? It's just, it's kind of weird to me. Well, yes, but there again, too, Themyscira is an island. Yeah. You know, you can only go so far. And, you know, they're all women, and they're all with the queen. Yeah. She's the queen of all. Uh, it's the same thing in England. You have the queen, you you have the Labour Party, and you have you have a couple of different parties, and you have their, uh, what do you call it, their... Parliament. Yeah, their parliament, which is like our Congress. Yeah. You know, so I would assume that maybe it would be the same. I guess. Uh, ways in Atlantis and uh, in Themyscira. Yeah. You know, it's quite possible that the movie that we had that was the Warrior Clan and yeah. they had that different clans, maybe it's a similar type situation. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yes, wait a minute. That was Krypton. Right. That was the TV series Krypton where they had the different classes. Yeah. So... Uh, cast system so it could be something similar to that we don't know could be but i believe that the writer and creator of wonder woman felt like that if there were no men around there wouldn't be any fighting right <laughs> i don't know i'm just I, yeah. speculating i in fact if we look i'll bet you there's actually even more fighting but that's that's another story for another day um yeah let's not go there anyway we now move to another part of the world in russia and basically we have this uh, family that uh we don't get a whole lot of information about but they're by this uh, old reactor nuclear reactor 
and uh, some the some of the parademons start showing up, and so they're boarding up their house trying to figure out what to do. And uh, obviously, there's right. A, they're actually they're actually on their top of their house, and they're right. all around. Right. And uh, we hear in Russian the mother saying, "Hey, we should go." Yeah. And he's going, "No, we need to stay because what's going to happen when we run out of food?" Right. And we kind of don't get much. The little girl jumps under the table. Yeah. But we know that they're there. Right. Right. Yep. So we know that that's kind of where the 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 main baddies are amassing. At. So obviously, something big's going to happen there. Anyway, what we go back to Gotham. Bruce brings Barry back, and Diana is back there as well. And they get uh, summoned in the sky. We get the bat signal for the first time in this film. And so Commissioner Gordon is summoning Batman because there's some new area. Uh, new activity in the area with the uh, the hostage situation. And so we get this uh, briefing here before they go uh, check it out. How many of you are there? Not enough. Eight people abducted from or near Star Labs. Here's the potential perp. Parademons. Okay. The demons must have caught the scent of a mother box. They carried people away to find out what they know. So the eight may still be alive. Nine. Oh, the head of Star Labs was taken as well. You made it. So then, there must be a nest nearby. I plotted all the sightings in Metropolis, Gotham. No pattern, I can see. The lines on the map don't converge. On land. These lead back to Braxton Island, between the two cities. Gotham Harbor. These are air vents. They all lead down to the tunnel from Metropolis project that was abandoned in 29. Do you really think that... Oh, wow, they just... They really just vanished. Huh? Oh. That's rude. As he takes off. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, again, another uh, comedic moment from The Flash, of yeah, course. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that... Um, so, uh, one thing I did notice about that clip is that uh, that, that uh, Batman uses a voice modulation something or whatnot with this bat right, suit. Right, right. Which yes. I, I have to say, for me, that actually works extremely well. I, I really do like that effect because we'll get to it when we talk about the Nolan Batman films, but the you know the way that Christian Bale decides to inflect his voice when he's wearing the bat suit is kind of ridiculous. And this is like a really good compromise because you still want to change his voice because you don't want people catching on to, to the fact that he is exactly yes. so and i think doing the, the the electronic voice modulation thing is perfect i, I it that's thing i i never thought i would say this but i really like the ben affleck batman it's insane <laughs> uh, you're tickling me buddy yeah uh i do have to say too that's also used in the arrow in the Arrowverse, uh, okay. he uses a, like a voice modulator when he's, you know, shooting his culprits or, you failed this city. Yeah. But I do agree with you, and actually so does Lego. Right. Uh, because that's how they treat their Batman. Uh-huh. And uh, isn't it, who does their Batman? Will Arnett. Will Arnett, Will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, when you look at Will Arnett, he doesn't have a voice like that, so you know he kind of does. If you so, I'm trying to remember uh, with uh, the rest of development he's from, and also he has a he's in a couple episodes of Parks and Recreation, but he kind of does have that. But he really leans into it when he does Batman, which is kind of fun. Oh yes, 
Oh, and he does a great job as Lego Batman, too. But, uh, you know, animated Batman will always be Kevin Conroy for me. Has to be. Oh, no question. <laughs> yes. Just like Joker. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Absolutely. It gotta be Mark Hamill. But, again, that's because we've, uh, you've grown up with him. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you had grown up with George Reeves as Superman, you might say he was the best Superman. You never know. Yeah, it's possible. Anyway, so they get to the island. Right. And uh, Steppenwolf is interrogating hostages, and we get this thing with Barry Allen. Right. Freaking out that he's not a fighter. Right. He's never done that before. I mean, he was so much like, I'm all in. I'll be part of the team. I'll be part. Oh, no, I can't go in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Batman tells him, or Bruce tells him, just save one. Right. And then what do I do? You'll know what to do after that. Right. And he kind of just falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. And we get an excellent fight scene in this area Uh with uh, Steppenwolf and with all of these parademons. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, we got Batman, who's now got a machine that can climb up a wall. Uh Uh-huh. Cyborgs with him. And we've got uh, Wonder Woman. Right. And Barry saving the hostages. Right. He hasn't really done any fighting as of yet. Right. But uh, we do get an opportunity where he does little things here and there. Yeah. And he has a little comedic moment where he actually lands on top of Wonder Woman and he gets kind of freaked out. Yeah. Like he's never dated a girl before or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or something like that's what it kind of looked like. Uh Uh-huh. But anyways, they fight, and they're in this uh, tunnel under the island, uh-huh. right? And Steppenwolf blows a hole right, in the side of one of the pipes. Yep. And they're like, uh, where are we? Uh, Gotham Harbor, or we're above Gotham Harbor. Yeah. And all of a sudden, gush, all the rain, or the water comes in. Yes, yes. Then Aquaman shows up. Right, yep, he's there to kind of help stem the uh, the rushing water a little bit. And at this point, uh, Steppenwolf gets away, the hostages are saved, and he is actually unsuccessful in securing the mother box. So that one's still at large, it's not there. At he, this time, yes. Right, so he gets away, so that, that, that is happening, and I guess they're going to regroup at the place in Russia while they uh, look again for the, the box. Right, and actually, I think he'll be sending his minions out. I don't think he's going to be going out until they find it. Correct, yeah. And and thankfully, one of the hostages actually did know where the box was, and that was Howard, and he told Victor where it was and to keep it safe. And so... um, Well, actually, Victor was the one that had the mother box. Yes. Because he hid it from his father. Okay, thank you. Because if you remember in the story earlier, he said... The father asked if he had the mother box, and he said, "And he said to his father, if you had it, you would do to somebody else what you did to me.' Thank you. Just getting us on point. No, no, thank you. I appreciate that. So they go back to the Batcave, and Cyborg brings the mother box with him, and they talk about the actual power of it here. My father called it a change engine. It was found by the British during World War One. They studied it, but they couldn't even date it. It's so old." It was shelved till the night Superman died. Then she lit up like Christmas. 
They brought it to Star Labs, where my father recognized it as a perpetual energy matrix. Oh, that sounds cool. I, I thought it was like a nuclear bomb. A mother box destroys as it creates. It's a cycle of life, but a million times faster. My father thought it was the key to unlimited energy. New formulas. Cellular regeneration. But it's too volatile to control. He used it on you. I was in an accident. Should have died. My father thought that he could use the mother box to rebuild the broken parts of me with a few cybernetic enhancements. Instead, he built a living machine that may be stronger than its host. Too much. Too much life. What's on your weird mind? Muscles. Coordination. Basic cellular integrity. A human being can only absorb so much. The mother box was designed to reshape a planet. So? So? What if you were stronger than a planet? Your cells lying dormant, but incapable of decay. If you were in a conductive field, a boost from the mother box could bring him back to life. Uh, him that they're referring to is none other than Superman. Yes, and uh, actually this is pretty much the best part of the story. Yeah, so and this is the other thing. I, I just listened to that clip again says that where where did the mother box where was it found by the british at world war one yes you can't tell me they could have done another scene where they were talking about the mother box in wonder woman you're right you're maybe, absolutely maybe right. they did and we just missed it i um, think we would have caught it but yeah maybe i don't know uh, as much as we like that movie and i i think you would agree with me that the uh, aquaman movie was also done very well uh-huh Again, if they would have done all those things beforehand, yeah. before they got to Justice League, I think this movie would have been a lot more successful. Yeah. So, yeah, they get the idea, hey, this change agent or change box or whatever, they, the mother box, we can use that to revive Superman. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit of trepidation about that. Uh, they don't know exactly what kind of state he would be in if it was even possible because we saw what happened when Luther tried to to uh, revive or create a... a Use the um, Kryptonian well, ship they, to make a new one. Right. right. He didn't use the mother box. And, true. Uh, That's true. Again, he contaminated the Kryptonian DNA with his own blood. That's right. But Diana's not up for it. And I think that uh, Aquaman isn't up for it either. Right. Right. And uh, Barry is like saying, oh, you mean like Pet Cemetery?" Right. Yeah, exactly. Which, if you recall that movie, that's what happened when they revived yeah. the pets. They became pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, again, again, it was a pop culture movie reference, like when Spider-Man does that in Civil War, where like he's talking about the Empire Strikes Back to take down Giant Man or Ant-Man. Yes. Funny. Yeah. Yes. It's funny. Anyway. Right. And also where in the Avengers where they were talking about the flying monkeys and uh, right. Cap says, oh, I get that reference. Yeah. I get that, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. Yes, it is. But anyway, so they decide that they're going to go for it. So we get a scene with Barry and Victor digging up Clark. Right. And they're having some moments there. Yeah. Barry wants to give him a fist bump, but yeah. he says, oh, we're not there yet, you know? Yeah, right. So... But they actually uh, work it out so that uh, Cyborg does his computer thing 
where they go to where the Kryptonian ship is. Yes. And uh, makes it so that Barry's uh, able to get in. They have a picture of him, so the guard lets him in. They get in there, and uh, they decide that they're going to have to drop the mother box into the resurrection water, or whatever you want to call it. Right, it's like amniotic fluid. Yes, and that uh, it needs to be supercharged, and Barry has to do that, or it needs to be charged the minute it touches the water. Right. So uh, Barry goes back and does his running real fast thing to uh, one of his superpowers that he can do with that is that he can make lightning. Right. And he's able to throw lightning, so he's able to do that power. They charge it up. It just as it hits, they make it a slow motion thing. Looks really cool. Yep. Looks like nothing's happening. Then all of a sudden, we get Superman flying out of the top of the Kryptonian ship. Yes, yes. And we should say before we go a little bit further is that uh, Alfred also is questioning Bruce's wisdom in doing this. And Bruce said that he had a contingency in place, uh, an extra weapon if something were to go south with that. Right. He said, well, if we have to, we'll bring out the big guns. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so we actually have to, we need the big guns. Yeah. Yeah. So Superman, he flies, like you said, out of there and he goes back to where the Superman monument is. And uh, the, the team meets him out there. Everybody except Batman, because obviously he doesn't want Batman to be the first thing that he sees because that probably will give him the most negative reaction. And uh, Cyborg's uh, defense system start kicking in and he accidentally uh, or unwillingly fires at him. It starts, it starts getting pretty hairy at that point. Oh, yes. And uh, what I found interesting was that uh, Aquaman, as big as he was, he was no match for Superman. Barry, he's... Uh, Barry's like... You see it in slow motion. Right. And Barry's thinking, I can get around this guy. And then it's like... Nope. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, it's like you could see that it's a slow motion thing that... Yeah. He's got him. Although, he does tend to get away from him somewhat. Right. But... Wonder Woman seems to be, although he is pushing her back, she does seem to be the one that's able to get almost equal to him. Right. You know, with her powers. Right. But then, for some reason, Bruce shows up. Right, with the big gun. Yeah. Well, he shows up first. Yeah, that's right. Alfred, we need the big guns. But he's there. Yeah. And Superman picks him up, and it looks like... He's getting ready to crush his face. Right, right. You know, he said some line like, do you bleed or something like that. Yeah. And then Lois comes. Right. Calms him down. He takes off with Lois. Right. And they all are like, well, that kind of didn't go the way we wanted it to. Right. All right. It's all good. He's alive. Right. Yeah. So now I think they head back somewhere or or we uh, get a flash to somewhere else, right? Yeah, I mean, we get a quick uh, scene, I think, back to Russia where the, the bad guys are still... Uh... Oh, and then the uh, that, while the, that, that process was happening, one of the bugs takes the, the mother box after it's finished being used. So now they have all three boxes. Oh, okay, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so obviously they have to go back to the Batcave and they're going to see if they can track the energy signature to see exactly where they're going to show up. While they're doing that, they're just kind of talking about how bad things happened. And now now the stakes are even more raised because now Steppenwolf has all three boxes. 
what are we going to do? Superman's not here. But Bruce is like, well, the best thing that we can do right now is just find Steppenwolf and we'll have to confront them as we are. And we'll, we'll do it that way. Yes. So they kind of, I think we get to see more how old Bruce Wayne and Batman really is. Right. I think there's a little moment there, right? Yeah. They So Batman and Wonder Woman have this conversation here after, the, after that kind of uh, arguing. And uh, we can talk about it afterwards here. It's interesting. So Clark seemed to share your view on being woken up. He could have killed you. I was willing to make the trade. And bringing in Lois Lane. Remember what you told me about Hart and the hangar? I bet you thought I was at this thing. Thank you. You know you can't do this forever. I can barely do it now. Steppenwolf. This is the job. It's my job. And I haven't been doing it. I've been reacting. Not leading. You know what you said about Steve It wasn't my business, I'm sorry. You were pushing me to lead the team. But leaders get people killed. I fought, always, when I was needed. But to lead, to step into the light and to say to people, this is worth your life. When it's your fault, they're all Steve Trevor. We make it through tonight. You can stay in the shadows forever. Dress up like a bat. I won't even sue. If we get through the night. So there, there's an interesting point made that uh, Diana says about leadership and how, you know, there's there's a uh, proverb in the book of Proverbs that talks about how the manager has more responsibility and it's harder to be a manager than it is to be a worker. There's more responsibility. And I think it kind of harkens back to that. Right. And it's kind of also uh, other verses where more is uh, given, more is expected. Right. I'm paraphrasing right. that, but uh, basically that's what it's all about too. Right. Also, you might go with the Spider-Man quote, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility or right. something you know, like that. Right. Along those lines. So yep. I believe that that's true. Yeah. And she has kind of been hiding. Right. Yeah, we talked about that at the end of Wonder Woman. It's like, okay, she played this huge role in stopping World War One. What happened with Hitler? What about the Cold War? And then we're going to get, I think we're going to get some more information about that in the next movie. But it's like, what's going on there? I know. I'm really kind of interested in seeing what that is all about because you and I both know that there's going to be somebody in that movie that yeah. there's no way that person should be in that movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least with the one hero that Marvel has that like spanned a couple generations, there was a plot device that made him out of commission for most of that. Right. Exactly. There's, she, but there's right. Wonder wasn't wasn't put on ice for you know seventy years or whatever. Right, and we don't think. Uh, no, I doubt it. Right, it's not that because she comes from a place where I guess they never age. Right, we know that there's death there, but right. Anyway, so they're, while they're discussing all that stuff, Clark, we see Clark and Lois in the cornfields. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like 
they have to spend some time in this movie trying to have Clark find himself and who he is. And Lois is the key to that. And uh, she also, you know, reconnects Martha with him as well. And so it kind of helps recenter Superman of who he is. Uh, right. It's a little tear jerking moment. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, then she also says that when he says that things are starting to get clearer, she says that, you know, she had hoped that it would take a little longer for him because now right. she has to tell him that he has to leave. Right, right. Yep. So while that's happening, Steppenwolf uh, brings about the unity, what they call when they bring the three mother boxes together. And so obviously that giant energy explosion triggers the sensors of the Justice League computers. And so they they know exactly where he is now and they have to bring the fight to him. And so they're, they're in this uh, giant troop carrier with Batmobile and uh, everybody's kind of gearing up and getting ready for the final confrontation with Steppenwolf. Right. And uh, basically he's thinking that it's going to take him a while to get there, but being that he has Cyborg and Cyborg has all that technology, he says, Oh no, we'll be there quicker as you know, I'll be driving us. And that's right. We find that uh, that is something that they use quite frequently in this movie. Yeah. You yep. know, that he's able to do all that. Right, yep. So the, the team fly quickly over to Russia. They're going to brief, and then Aquaman starts uh, sharing a little bit too much. The Unity brings all three boxes together in perfect sync. Its power builds until it can't be contained. But if I can cause a delay between each box, even for a nanosecond, its energy will cascade, form a loop, and feed on each other. And that's it? We just pull them apart? No fuss, no muss? Separating the boxes is still going to cause a massive surge. I'll have to be there. But you guys should think about getting clear. We're with you till it's done. Honestly, I think we're all going to be dead way before that. And you know what? I don't mind. It's an honorable end. But we got to shut Steppenwolf down. Superman's a no-show. You got no powers. No offense. This guy might be working for the enemy. We don't know. You're tripping over your feet and mine. Oof. You're gorgeous and fierce and strong and mm. I know we went to war with the Amazons, but that was before my time. And you know what? I don't want to die. I'm young. There's shit that I want to do. I just feel like I never really embraced the sea or the land. I've been alone my whole life. But being part of something bigger like this, maybe I'm scared because I'm meant to... I think that was beautiful. You say a word about this, we'll meet every prana I know. I honestly didn't hear anything after we're all gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a great moment, actually. Really good. He was was sitting on the uh, rope of truth, the lasso of truth. Right. Yeah, so he couldn't help but tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it helped uh, distill what's happening at that moment. And so, like, to, just to recap, you know, Superman's not there. They're in an almost impossible situation, but they're going to try anyway. Right, right, exactly. And so they've got a plan. Yep. And uh, we had forgot to mention earlier that the parademons are not real happy with, like, police sirens. Yes. It affects them. So Bruce had had it mounted in his Batmobile, the sound, to put on amplifiers. Right. 
And as the transport gets to Russia, to the area, he goes out by himself. He tells them, you guys go get Steppenwolf and I'll get all the bugs to uh, get away from him. Right. And so he's doing his thing and it works. All the bugs are going after him. Uh Uh-huh. But as it turns out, he doesn't have to go it alone. They're kind of all there helping him. Yes. You know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then we get into this big fight. This is kind of like the major Avengers scene. Yeah. I guess you would call it where, you know, good guys fight the bad guys and the bad guys are are winning. And uh, Steppenwolf is trying to, he uh, actually slices Cyborg's arm. He rips him apart, kind of. Yep. And then, lo and behold, the Calvary comes. Yep, yep. The one-man Calvary, known as Superman. Absolutely. But he hears people's cry for help, and unfortunately, that's the way Superman is. You know, he's about saving the people first. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's helpful for us to kind of organize what's happening at this point. So you've got okay. essentially three things happening at once. The first one, like you said, is evacuating the the innocent people that are at the battle site. And so Batman and Flash are working on that. Uh, they take them different spots the, and Flash, you see him pushing the truck all the way out to the outskirts of town. You got Batman using the Batmobile. And then Superman is helping him. Right, Superman. Right. So before we go right. there. So but you have that. You have Aquaman and Wonder Woman fighting off or keeping at bay Steppenwolf. They're fighting him directly. And then you have Cyborg with the Unity trying to separate the mother boxes. Right. So all three of those things are happening at once. And they're not being super successful at any of those things. And it turns out the secret sauce that was missing was Superman. And he actually helps out with all three of those things. And he's able to help them complete the mission. Like he go, like like you said, he saves the townspeople. He goes back and he fights with Steppenwolf and knocks him out with uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And then he helps Cyborg separate the um, the boxes. So he he actually is the one that kind of helps all three of those different things that are happening at once in order to actually accomplish them. Right, and actually, it works out that again you get a little comedic thing. Superman says he'll go east and Barry goes west and Barry pushes a truck. Right. And he's thinking, wow, I did really good. And then he sees Superman uh, lifting a whole condominium with all those people in it. It's like, well, hey, you saved four, but I saved 400. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Right. And then uh, from that point, he actually, does he break the axe or does Wonder Woman break the axe? Um, I don't remember if, if, if she does, I it, think he made it cold. Right. Right. He blew on it, made it cold. That could be made it tempered. Yeah. Where she was able to break it. Right. And, uh, at this point, Steppenwolf is like, that's impossible. Next thing we hear is, I think it was, uh, Aquaman says, can you smell that? And then I think it was Batman that said, I, I, I smell fear. Right. And then all of the parademons, yeah, like pounded on Steppenwolf, right. And then next after that, I think if I'm not mistaken, the world thing comes around and he's gone, and that's it. Right. Yeah, he's transported away, and like you said, yeah, that happens. 
uh, and the, the mother boxes are separated, so therefore the gate's closed, and the day is saved at this point. Everybody's, uh, everybody's, everybody won, right? The good guys won. Right. Now, did, did the mother boxes, did they explode into nothing? No, they were still there, I, I believe, and I think they were just going to be returned back to their rightful places, if I remember correctly. Okay, well, maybe they, I, maybe I, they did for explode. some reason, know. I'm drawing a blank on that. Maybe they did. I don't know. That that goes to show you how memorable it was. Right. Yes, I know. It did have some good pods, spots, yeah. but not that many. Yeah. All right. So that happens, and then we see uh, kind of like things are being wrapped up. So we have Clark returns home to Smallville, and the farm has been... Uh, returned back to the Kents because Bruce ended up buying the bank um, that uh, owned the house. So that ends up hel- uh, helping, right? Yes, yes. Barry is now got a job at the crime lab, and so he's able to uh, get a uh, a real job, a career, and it's also going to help him uh, get his uh, foot in the door to help exonerate his father. Right. Yeah. And then Bruce and Diana are uh, looking for an old place to restore uh, for... Right, and Lois goes back to being a journalist. Right, right. In fact, uh, she actually ends up writing this story here, and it's kind of like her, or very much in the same vein as Man of Steel. Uh, she has a... Uh, uh, she kind of walks us out of the movie here with, uh, with this clip. Darkness, the truest darkness, is not the absence of light. It is the conviction that the light will never return. Must be 100, 150 feet. Must be. Big round table. Six chairs, right there. But room for more. But room for more. But the light always returns to show us things familiar. Home family and things entirely new or long overlooked it shows us new possibilities and challenges us to pursue them yeah and Jerry Manasco runs the whole kit I mean he did the Bill Bow job two years ago yeah has it all in storage in Croydon right yeah this time the light shone on the heroes Coming out of the shadows to tell us we won't be alone again. Our darkness was deep and seemed to swallow all hope. But these heroes were here the whole time to remind us that hope is real. That you can see it. All you have to do is look. Up in the sky. And that's the end of the movie. Roll credits. Right. Now, we do get a couple of other things after that, though. We do. And very similar to Avengers, we actually have two different uh, post-credit sequences. So we get a little bit of a comical one. We'll play that one. Uh, first, and then we got a one that kind of sets up, uh, theoretically sets up uh, a future development. So let's listen to the the funny one first. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this. Not at all, Barry. I'm curious myself. 
Yeah, and it's not like a competition, you know? Well, it, it is a competition, but, you know, it's not like a macho um, measuring thing. But if I win, you're off the team. <laughs> no. If I win, Bruce said something about you having to take us all to brunch? Oh, see, now that's cold. That's a betrayal. I feel stung by that. Okay, but if I win, I get to tell everyone. Deal. Which coast? Uh, you know, I've never seen the Pacific. Which is that way, because the sun and it's... So a foot race is happening between Superman and the Flash. So that's kind of fun. It is a long and one that's been portrayed TV in the comics. And uh, we have never, at least as far as I know, have never seen a, a winner. Right. You know, it's it's long been argued who would who would win. Yeah. No, super good. speed is is super speed speed faster than Superman. You know, that's a good question. Yes, and it's been it was portrayed in Smallville too. Right, I remember that. And also on Supergirl. Yep. They had a thing with it. So yes, that was cool, but then we get to the end credit. Right. And this really intrigued me. Yeah. So let's listen to it. We get uh this starts out in a jail scene where Lex Luthor is being kept prisoner. And it turns out there's some other random bald guy that's in his place. And we see a, a figure driving out to a boat where Lex is on. So let's listen to this. Ah, there he is. Welcome aboard. Here for a glass of Goudé Diamant. I was just celebrating God's return out of the ground and back up into the sky. He and his odd little friends are forming some sort of league. You better not be wasting my time. No, I have too much to live for and more important things to do. We have to level the playing field, Mr. Wilson. To put it plainly, shouldn't we have a league of our own? Yeah, so we get Deathstroke and Lex Luthor. Yes. Slade Wilson. Right. Who uh, actually was in the early seasons of Arrow uh -huh. was the bad guy for that. Yeah. And uh, in Teen Titans, he was the bad guy for Teen Titans. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a good character. And actually, in uh, the Arrowverse, in uh, the year 2040, there was a uh, gang called the Deathstrokes that wore the mask. Uh-huh. So it was interesting. Yeah. And you know, of course, what league they were talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. And I thought, wow. That would be a great JLA 2 movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Legion of Doom. But I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we, we don't see... There, there's been several movies after this. We don't see anything hinted with Deathstroke or Luthor at this point. So, I don't know. Right. And also, you know, I did some, a little bit of research. Like I said, Flash in 2021, I believe. Uh-huh. And Cyborg, I think, not until 2022. Right. Or maybe I'm 
backwards on that. But either way, right? those stories need to be told. Yep. And again, if all that stuff was handled way ahead of time, uh-huh. it would. I think it would have left a lot more development. And I think that this movie would have been a lot better mm. if it, Darkseid would have been the villain. Yeah, I agree. You know, and they worked it up to that. Yeah. Uh, or the other thing that, yeah, like you said, it worked it up. I mean, because, you know, I hate to keep on harping on this, but if you look at Avengers, the first movie, you already had a familiar villain that's kind of like the main villain, which was Loki. But then at the end, it hinted to or something bigger uh, with uh, Thanos, whereas uh, they could have easily had uh, Steppenwolf uh, returning back to Darkseid and kind of like, you know, with his tail between his legs and then... You know, Dark Side would be like, okay, well, I guess I have to do this myself, right? That would have been much more, uh, right? Although cool. it would have been been shades of Avenger Avengers, uh, yeah. If wasn't that the last post credit? I'm going to have to do this myself. That's right. You're right about that. With that, was you that- know, but you're right. It would be. I know it would be the same, but yes, that would be the way to go. And that happened, I guess, around the same time. Never mind. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the end of the movie, the very, very end of the movie. So, um, I think I already covered all the thematic elements I wanted to talk about. Um, do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Well, I, we've got, uh, different versions of fathers and sons there. Yeah. Bruce missing his real father. Right. I sort of take Alfred as his adopted father. Yeah. I'd agree. You know, I think he tries to keep him, even at his old age, I still think he tries to keep him on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And Barry's father, who Barry believes is wrongly accused, he still loves his father no matter what. Right. He And then we get Victor, who is having a very rough time with his father. Right. You know, a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... We get a lot of different views of relationships of how fathers should be. And even though he hates his father, his father did what he thought was right out of love. But it just goes to show that sometimes fathers make mistakes. That's true. You know, we are not perfect. Right. That's a good point. But uh, yeah, we pretty much discussed everything. And like I said, we're probably going to try and uh, it comes, here comes the rough part, the rating. Yeah. And I'm going to let you go first this time. Okay, that's fine. Only because. Uh, that's fine. I, I don't mind. That's not a problem for me. Um, I'm giving it a five. It is a good movie. It's an average movie. Uh, I would be interested to see the Snyder Cut and see if it would have been better. But uh, for me, Steppenwolf was a totally forgettable villain. Um, you know, we probably could sit here at least another hour talking about how they could have fixed the movie, but I do think from a special effects and costuming standpoint, they really did a fantastic job. So that, that's a a positive for it. Do like, at the end, I kind of liked some of the way the characters were interacting with each other, but they didn't get enough time with each other to really develop that rapport where some of like the goofing around stuff like that's kind of still kind of hack to me a little bit because they haven't spent enough time together in the movie we haven't seen enough screen time of them together to actually develop that camaraderie that we kind of see happening at the very end it's like i don't know it doesn't seem earned to me at at, uh, at that point in the film so like i said five for me 
uh definitely a lot of room for improvement but not a terrible movie either no it was a, it was a good movie but i am totally with you totally forgettable villain uh what was his name uh never mind <laughs> they were a great band steppenwolf I, yeah uh, yeah but yes perfect picture of what you just said is when they were digging up the grave yeah and uh barry wanted to do the fist bump and it right. was like nope not yet, not time, because right. like you said, they hadn't developed the characters enough. Right. And again, if they had done the origin stories first, there would have been more time yeah. for that character development here. Right, agreed. Which would have made it 100% better. But I am actually going to do the same, a five. Okay. I agree with you totally on this. We're actually both on the same page. And yeah. Usually I'm a little bit uh, kinder to DC, but this, uh, and especially knowing all of the history that I learned about this yeah, and about the writers and the type of stories that he had written, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the story you chose out of one of the 4,000 stories that he wrote, really? <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, for DC, he wrote 1,500 stories. Right. But still, this yeah. is the story you chose out of those 1,500? Yeah. Uh, anyways, sad. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we uh, I think we've given it, uh, this movie, enough justice. Let's, uh, we're we're going to do something a little bit different next week. Uh, we're we're going to give an update about kind of like do a state of the podcast we're going to talk around and we're, we're playing around with a couple of different ideas to maybe change up the format a little bit and we will uh definitely update everybody next week with uh with plans forward so definitely tune in next week it'll be a shorter episode kind of just kind of a uh, like i said an update and a little bit of a direction there and we'll we'll take it from there sound good yes and uh for our listeners for those that if you have any ideas or uh, questions or anything, you can always email us at popscollectionpodcast at gmail.com. Right. And we would love, we would truly love to hear from you. And uh, your voice is important to us. Yes, indeed. Very much so. All right. Let's uh, let's call it, let's call it a day then. Sounds good. All right. Great. All right. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Yep. Goodbye. goodbye. And And God God bless. bless.